0: Hey, everybody, it's Maddie C. Welcome back to the What Am I Making podcast. On today's episode, What Can I Do About Spotify? In the wake of two volatile essays that I published on the dangers of Spotify, folks in my life have asked, But what am I supposed to do about it? Fair enough. Here are some answers. Hey, everybody. It's Maddie C. Welcome back to the What Am I Making podcast. It is really wonderful to have you here. Today, an audio essay called What Can I Do About Spotify? In the wake of two volatile essays that I published on the dangers of Spotify in December, folks in my life have repeatedly asked, but what am I supposed to do about it? Fair enough. Let's go through some answers. Before we get started, I want to make sure that you are subscribed over at the Substack. It's What Am I Making? dot substack.com if you could like rate and review this pod wherever you're listening that would be a huge help and make sure that you are signed up today for a paid subscription your paid subscriptions are what make this place run you can sign up for a paid subscription at com for just as little for as little as five dollars a month all right let's get into the episode I stirred up quite a shitstorm with my piece on Spotify Wrapped that was released in early December. My attempt to truly explore the economic realities of digital music streaming, and Spotify specifically, was met with a fair amount of quick rebuke and a small portion of hesitant support. It quickly became one of the most read articles on What Am I Making So Far and sparked myriad conversations with people in my day-to-day life. In an effort to clarify my point and further aim your collective ire at Spotify, I published a follow-up piece in which I offered five ideas that could be implemented to help musicians be paid more fairly. That was met with another healthy round of discussion and debate, much of it positive and open to the idea of fighting toward a better system. Still, I am regularly asked what one person can achieve. I guess it's that old feeling of one person cannot beat a huge Goliath by themselves, such as Spotify. Yet, as a collective, our voices can move mountains. The only way for a change in this arena to occur is for us to force it. Here are a handful of ways that we can do just that. Number one. Switch to Apple Music or Tidal. The simplest... And most effective way to help musicians be paid more fairly right away is to switch to a digital streamer that pays more than the one you're currently using. Essentially, Spotify's base rate is roughly $0.0033 per song, roughly one-third of a penny per spin. Apple is currently paying about a penny per song. Tidal, a bit more than that simply moving away from Spotify to provide a, to a provider paying 1 cent or more will triple your money paid to artists. We'll also send a direct message to Spotify that you value music and the artists that make it. If you're given the opportunity to tell Spotify why you are choosing to leave, give them this reason alone. Tell them that you chose a provider that pays artists more fairly. But Maddie, I thought all streaming was bad. Look, digital streaming needs regulation and oversight with the issue of fair pay and artist equity at the center of the discussion. But streaming is here to stay. And that doesn't mean it has to continue to be driven by a bad actor like Spotify and the way that it chooses to pay its artists. Not only will this help to get artists paid a bit more, but it will also take the money from causes that Spotify and its CEO Daniel Ek have championed, like Joe Rogan and AI defense contractors. Your monthly subscription dollars are more likely to go to musicians than to a podcaster who defies science and a CEO who appears to be a war profiteer. But, Maddie, I already have my stats and my plays and my favorites and my playlists and my whole musical life wrapped up in Spotify. I can't switch. Friends, I think if you can ask artists to get paid a fraction of a cent to give you their life's work, you can rebuild a few mixtapes. No one said there wouldn't be some sacrifices. And this one is really not that great if you're being honest with yourself. It won't even cost you more money. Make the switch today, please. Number two, be willing to spend more money for digital music. I have a much more in-depth piece on this coming soon, but this ethos is key to a more robust and fair musical economy. This is some hard news to swallow, but you should be paying more for the vast majority of the history of recorded music than you currently are. As I have said repeatedly, digital streaming is here to stay, and it should be. It has the potential to be good for the environment, the consumer, the artist, and even the corporations who populate the music business. It just needs to be built on a system with more fairness and transparency for the people who create the art that makes the entire machine operate. Hard research will need to be done by more accomplished data scientists than I am, but it doesn't take a Fulbright-level scholar to see that raising the per-song rate and still keeping the full inventory the same as it is right now is going to raise the cost of a monthly subscription. We need to learn to be okay with that. There is truly not another analog in the world that works the way that digital music does. Try to rent any movie you want with just one Netflix subscription. It won't even come close. Our family has more than $100 a month in movie and TV streaming subscriptions. Yet, I am still often forced to rent movies. Music doesn't work like this at all. A new hot record, hard to find old single, doesn't matter. It's all there and included for no extra charge. While I have no firm idea yet what the best pricing structure moving forward is, there is very little chance it is going to be all of the music you want, all of the time, for $20 a month or less. Upon publishing those first two pieces, I was inundated with music fans who virtue-signaled, hither and yon. To prove how much they had shelled out for concert tickets, merchandise, and vinyl. That's all wonderful, but as I've discussed in those other pieces, those are additional expenses for other goods and services and should be treated as such. The question is, are you willing to spend more money on the music itself? And if so, how much more? There is no way to know what the threshold is, but once it gets too costly, Folks are likely to go back to stealing music the way that they did before digital streaming became de rigueur. So what's the ceiling? Is it $30 a month? Is it 50 More? The point is that musicians are forced to thread a needle that no other industry is threading at the moment. Offer the product too cheaply and musicians will starve. Charge too much and the theft will just return once again. There has to be an equitable way to do this. Part of that means we all need to be ready for the cost of our subscriptions to go up. Number three, direct artist interaction. When I say that you need to pay for the music, I don't want to make it seem that you should not be encouraged from buying tickets, clothing, and physical media directly from your favorite artists or from your locally owned record shop. You should absolutely go and buy as many of these things as you can and want to but there are a few caveats I would offer as a couple of helpful hints for you to get the most bang for your buck in helping out artists. Number one, order from artists directly. Okay, I I want you to support your local shops, but as regards musicians being paid, the best way to ensure value in supporting your favorite bands is to get t-shirts and merch from them directly, preferably at the show if you can. Buying online through a band's website is cool too and most appreciated. In most cases, Almost all of the proceeds that an artist will be eligible for with a purchase can be achieved by ordering this way. Even for Taylor Swift, this is true. Number two, shop local. Buying vinyl and CDs from a local shop is the best option for recorded music as it helps to support both the artist and a key cultural component of your community, your local record store. Key to note though. Album sales that are used will not benefit the artist you're hoping to support. If you make a purchase, understand that used records are great and they're wonderful and you should buy them. But if you buy a used record by a band, the money that you're spending is going to the store and also to the person who sold it to the store, not to the artist. I know that's obvious stuff, but I want to point that out. So... If your purchase is designed to support the artist, you'll want to buy new vinyl or new CDs. Number three, find bands in your area that you either enjoy or that sound interesting. Typically, a cursory reading of your local events calendar or your region's arts and culture magazine will give you a couple places to start. Go see a show by a band you know nothing about. Stopping in for just half an hour and paying a $5 cover can give a young band a sense of purpose and momentum. Foster that whenever and wherever you're able. Number four, Bandcamp is a remarkable resource for finding and supporting bands. Each month, they offer Bandcamp Friday, where they waive their typical fee of 15% on digital items, and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the artist. Even on regular days, Bandcamp offers consumers a great resource for seeking out new bands, especially if you're looking for artists in a specific area. It's a great way to find new music in your region. For bands, it's a way to host music with no upfront costs and to sell and release digital music quickly and with the opportunity to make a little income. Many artists on Bandcamp will even offer pay-what-you-want titles that offer the chance for customers to download for no money at all or a fee that they feel free to come up with that they're comfortable with to support at whatever monetary level they choose. It's a way for artists to generate money and for consumers to support the bands they love. And the fifth way that you can have direct artist interaction and really help out is to find a way to tip your favorite acts through Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App. Almost all of your favorite artists would will be willing to accept a tip from you, and more than you might think, would probably even be willing to personally answer an email to get it from you. Don't be shy. Now, don't use this tip as a way to ingratiate yourself either. That said, many of the bands you love have a virtual tip jar on their website, and even if they don't have one, if you reached out through social media or email and said, I'd love to send 10 bucks or 20 bucks to the band, they'd happily find a way to get that cash from you. This is great if you want to say a quick thank you with a few bucks, or if you'd like to make a fi- financial contribution, but you just don't need your life cluttered up with more swag. The fourth thing you can do about Spotify is educate yourself. I've been talking about this issue for years. I've been writing about it for a long time. For some people in my life, I've been talking too loudly for too long, and they would love it if I would simply shut up. But sadly for them, this is very unlikely for me on this issue. Digital streaming is here to stay. And until artists are paid fairly, so is my shouting to the rooftops about the unfairness of it. We could all stand to understand more deeply where our music comes from and who it is that's getting paid for it. That responsibility doesn't just lie with me as someone who covers the issue or with me as someone who makes music and hopes to make a portion of my income from it. That responsibility also lies with you as a consumer of the product and a driver of that economy. There is certainly a lot to learn on the issue, but I would suggest that you read some of what singer-songwriter David Lowry of cracker and camper van beethoven has had to say on this issue and the way that he's talked and written about the general state of making a living as a musician in this new era i just recorded a podcast with data researcher chris dallariva who not only works in the digital streaming industry but is also a musician himself he's done a ton of great work on understanding the science behind the economics of digital streaming Drummer Damon Krakowski of Damon and Naomi and Galaxy 500 has also written extensively on this subject. These are just a few of the voices of musicians and data scientists working to truly understand, understand the ins and outs of this complex new universe. Even the charity organization UNESCO, the group behind World Heritage Sites, and the child poverty program UNICEF, have published a paper to begin studying the effects of digital streaming on larger musical cultures and their possible revenue streams. The last thing you can do is advocate, advocate, advocate. Once you've made it this far, your mission is to spread the word. The more we learn together, the more knowledge we can spread. The faster that knowledge spreads, the more likely it is that artists will begin to see fair payment structures. Doing the things listed above will require some time, attention, and probably a little bit more money. It's likely that you're already spending most of the money, but you lack the attention and the intention behind your listening and your spending. Be more aware and share that awareness with the people in your life. Once you make the switch away from Spotify, ask the other folks in your life to do the same and explain to them why you've done it and why they should. Provide them with all of the tools I've given you here on the Substack and then go find other research that supports artists getting paid more fairly. Communicate with your elected representatives and ask them if they have considered this issue for legislation. If so, what have they done? If not, would they consider taking a look? I am unsure of the proper structure that will be required to negotiate all of this work, but there are groups like the Artists' Rights Alliance and the Future of Music Coalition that are leading the fight and doing great work. Be sure to follow what they are working on and fighting for as we move forward. It is going to take a unified chorus of voices for this to change, and you must be a part of that. To give you a hackneyed, old, cliched phrase, you are either part of the problem or part of the solution. Pick a side. You can keep the digital streaming and a clean conscience, but it will cost you a bit of time, money, and intention. I would sure love to hear from each of you as you ditch Spotify and move to Apple or Tidal or get rid of digital streaming altogether. So will you make the switch? Will you tell your friends and family to do the same? And if not, what's stopping you? Until next time, be well, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, review, and rate this pod wherever you listen. Make sure that you're subscribed over at the blog. It's whatamimaking.substack.com. And you can always send us an email at whatamymakingblog@gmail.com. gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Matty C. i am maddie ci appreciate you so much. Cheers.